welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. It says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the certainty of things hoped for. Now faith. I don't care what translation you have, it says now faith. Because you don't need faith when you get to heaven. You need it when you live in Amarillo, Texas, driving down Coulter Street. Now faith is the certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. Verse 6, and without faith it's impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be one who rewards those who seek him. He said, by faith Cain, by faith Abel, by faith Noah. But the one I want to point out today, it's verse 8. It says, by faith Abraham, when he was called. By faith Abraham, when he was called. By faith Abraham, when he was called. I can say by faith Travis, when he was called. And you might say, you know what? God has not called me. Listen, when you gave your life to Jesus, the Bible says in 2 Peter that he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And there's a call on your God. No matter what family has said about you. It said, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he left, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as a stranger in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Verse 10, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Lord, thank you for the word. It's a lamp into our feet. It's a light into our path. I pray, God, that it's your anointing that breaks the yokes and bondages of sin and death. And so, God, today I release your spirit in this room, your anointing. Do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Show up big in our lives. May we leave here knowing that we met with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor. Just tell him, I'm so glad you came to church this morning. You're looking good. Encourage them, build them up, lie to them if you have to. Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Praise the Lord. All right. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm kind of shooting from the hip this morning. I said, Lord, what would you have for me to share? And I believe this is a word from God. Uh, for each and every one of us into the season that we're going to. I love it today. We have pray through tonight. It's at 6 30? 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. We got pray through that's here tonight. We have, our, we have our married groups that are meeting tonight. We're also feeding the homeless. Uh, how many of y'all thankful you're a part of a church that makes a difference, goes downtown? And I love it. I've, uh, I mean, pray for people and worship the Lord down there. I mean, it, it, it's going to be awesome. And uh, going into the weekend here, we, this next weekend, we have a men's breakfast that's completely free. But men, you got to get signed up for that. That'll be on Saturday. And also on Saturday, the uh, Grit Youth is going to retreat, Cedar Canyon. So if you don't know about that, you can get signed up for that, your kids. And next Sunday is not the Sunday to be sleeping in because we're going to be taking up a faith offering. Given to the vision, and I can't wait to share with you some architect plans. Some of y'all know God has big plans for Arena of Life. Yeah. Amen. God has big things for Arena of Life, and I don't know if you know this, but we're out of room. I mean, we're talking as a school board and some things. Uh, if we're going to continue to do AOLCA, we, we've got to make some room uh, in, in some places. And also, too, for our kids, uh, opening up our foyer. 
like real big that wraps all the way around the sanctuary and into a building over there. So I can't wait to share with you some vision, some dreams that God has placed on this house. And I believe faith, uh, uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But I'm going to show it to you and you're going to see it. And by faith, we're going to do it. Amen. And so last year, we, we take up that faith offering. It's the state of the church address. If you haven't been a part of that, I talk about where we went in 23 and where we're going in 24 and what God has for us all the way up to 2000 or, or to when Jesus comes back. Let's just say that. Amen. All right. Hey, well, I, I was thinking about this model of faith, and this is, this is a vein that I love to go down. I could preach on faith till Jesus comes back. But because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Bible says, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith's a big deal. And thinking about it, I, I was thinking about models. When I was a kid, we used to go to Hobby Lobby and we used to buy these model cars. It was a box and it was made in plastic and you would have to take them out of these plastic sets. And if you had a sharp knife, you could make sure that, you know, you didn't mess anything up. But what we would do with these model cars is uh, we would, I would put the picture out in front of me. And can I, I can just be very vulnerable and honest with you that my car never looked like the one in the picture. All right? My, my glue would goop up and different things like that. But I, I, even though I paid for the most expensive glue, or my dad did, uh, it, it, it never turned out right. Or, or another example of that is like during Christmas time, we had the Polar Express. I kind of talked to you about my journey of having this Polar Express puzzle. And I would always have the picture or the box out in front of me because I need a model to follow. I needed to go by that model of what it looked like. The other day, uh, Pastor Brandy, somebody gave her a tanning bed, all right, that we have in the bo- uh, down in, in our basement now. So if she looks like President Trump, it's not that she's out in front of... Uh, uh, <laughs> But anyways, it had all these pieces and these two, I mean, it looked like a spaceship. And she shows up with that. Look what I got today. I'm like, yay, praise the Lord. All right, let's fake and bake. All right. Uh, and so it's down in the basement. And so what, what we, I said, Brandy, pull up this model so I can look at it of where these pieces go, didn't I? So I needed a model to go by. So whether you're in a walk with Christ or you're not in, in, in a place of faith or your Christian walk, I want to encourage you, you need to have a model in front of you of something that you want to be. And through the word of God in Hebrews chapter 11, he gives us models of people that by their faith, they please God. Of all the things they did, by faith Moses, by faith Enoch, by faith Abel. And so what we do is, is we look at that model and we do everything we can to become that. Like if you want to be good at football, you don't look at the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> right? Can I just be honest with you? Even though I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan and I love them with all my heart, but they disappoint me. They make me throw remotes and have to repent. But if you want to be good, you, you, you follow people like Andy Reid and, and Kyle Shanahan. What a great Super Bowl. What a great game. But you follow them. You don't follow the guys that, that are not winning. I mean, can we just be like, I, I'm proud to say this, like the New England Patriots, praise the Lord. They're losing now. Amen. But um, you, you don't follow them. You, you follow a great model. If you want a good business model, you follow great companies. You know, there's, there's books that's been wrote about places like Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's and Starbucks and these different places. You may not have the same values as them. 
Now, you want to have the same values as Hebrews chapter 11, those people. But you may not have the same values, but what they've won in, they have won in great models. You're not going to go to a Starbucks across the world that is not the same as the one that's over here on Coulter Street. They all look the same. They all feel the same. They all taste the same. And they're a great model of business to go by. If you want a great marriage, I encourage you not to find somebody who's been married seven times and is on the eighth one. You want a good model, right? In fact, I'm going to be picky about that. If somebody's going to speak into my life about a covenant of marriage, I want to know that they've been Married 100 years like Pastor Robert and Cindy, all right? <laughs> Sorry to keep picking on you guys. <laughs> but how many of y'all know they're a great model of marriage? Amen. That they've stood the test of time, that they've walked the walk, and they've talked the talk. If I'm going to get some parental advice from somebody, I, I'm just going to be honest. I want to get it from a dad who is now in his 60s and all his kids still love him. Right? No, I'm being serious that they still have a relationship with them, that they've let the little petty things go and they, don't, they haven't let a football team, you know, separate them. I, I, I want to get a model from the right people. And so thinking about this, Abraham is a good model. If you read the book of Genesis, he's a good model of faith, how God took him up on the mountain. And he said, I'll bless those that bless those, bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you. And he shows him all of this in heaven, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he didn't have the milk and honey in his hand, but he had to walk through some valleys to get there. He's a good model of faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, I just kind of flipping sides. I'm going to talk about the model of faith, Abraham, here in just a minute. But if you sing about the faithfulness of God when you were a kid, you sing, Great is thy faithfulness. I don't know why it sounded like Elvis, but probably because he sang it, right? Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies. Y'all don't know this song? Y'all just going to leave me up here to sing it all by myself? Or the song, uh, all my life you have been faithful, right? All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Faithfulness. My whole point is this. If you talk about the faithfulness, if you sing about the faithfulness of God, you've got to have Faithfulness is what happens on the other side of the mountain. In order to have faithfulness, you've first got to have faith. And you can't sing about faithfulness unless you have been at a place where you've had to open the door of faith in your life. And, and you will never get to see faithfulness if you don't exercise faith. And you're, you're saying, Pastor, well, well, what do I do in the moments that I need faith? Well, I'll tell you, every moment of your life you need faith. How many of you know you have faith to know that he keep his angels charge over you so you don't have to live in fear? And it takes faith. The op, uh, uh, it, it takes faith in order to walk in, not walk in fear. Power, love, a sound mind. It takes faith to do those types of things. And so what I would tell you is this, is say, what are the times that I need faith? Every moment of your life. But really when you need faith the most is when you've, uh, you, you've, you've been depleted of all your resources of when your money can't buy it, of when your books can't help you and give you wisdom enough to get you out of it, when the people in your life can't 
pull strings and have favor to open that particular door. You need to rely on something that's bigger than you and bigger than them. Because how many of y'all know it may be bigger than me, but it's not bigger than my God. He's the king of all kings, and he's the Lord of all lords. And so when I've been depleted of all my resources, of what I'm able to do in my own strength and my own ability, I've got to have faith if I'm going to please God. I've got to have faith if I'm going to please God. I'm going to say it one more time. I've got to have faith if I'm going to please God. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, it says, It was by faith, New Living Testament, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called. When God called. Abraham didn't know where he was going. How many of y'all have ever been in that place before where you didn't know where you were going? All right? I, I just felt like running. So I did. I heard God. What Abraham did, he just started moving. Most of us are in the position in life where we say, Father, I know you're calling me to leave Ur. This is what happened in Genesis. I know you're leaving me to leave Ur. But before I go, I need a map of all of Mesopotamia to see where I'm going. Right? Can we just be honest? This is what we want. Because we live by our flesh so much. But the Lord doesn't work that way in the arena of faith. You take that first step. Start moving one step at a time. And God says, you know what? I'll direct you, but I will not give you direction for step two until you take first step one. A step of faith is the prerequisite for a man or a woman to be used by the Lord. I want you to think about it like this. If you take eternity out of the equation, the whole life of faith seems like a bad joke. But once you understand that life on earth is to train and to stretch and develop and mature you for heaven and ages to come, you start looking at everything differently through the eyes of faith. Okay, Father, this is a stretch for me. This is uncomfortable. This is out of my comfort zone. It's not easy. But because you told me to be like Abraham, even if I don't know where I'm going, I trust you. See, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is disobedience. So some thoughts on this this morning. Number one, write this down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write it down. Number one, faith begins with the word. Faith begins with a promise. Everybody say a promise. Notice I didn't start off with a feeling. I ain't got that feeling. All right? Because some, you, you walk by faith and not by sight, evidence of things not seen. And so I'm not going to be moved by my circumstance. I'm going to be moved by the promise of the word. See, if you're waiting on your feelings, you may never exercise faith. Faith is not the result of an emotion. It's the result of a choice that you make to walk in faith. And can I tell you this? Faith does not begin with a crisis. Some of y'all need to hear that. Faith does not begin with a crisis. Like I know you may have got the diagnosis from the doctor that says it's cancer and you only got five years to live. You may have gotten the diagnosis that says, you know what, this is just going to be with you, on you for the rest of your life. They may have walked out on you. You may have lost the job. She may not love you anymore. Your kids are, may not be serving God, yada, yada, yada. You, you, you may, uh, uh, it, it may be the depletion of your bank account. You know the story of what it is for you. But my whole point is this, that crisis may move you into faith, 
But if Christ is the only thing that you have faith for, when the crisis is gone, you don't have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, I've seen many people before. I'll never forget it. I mean, I've seen people that they're in a bad situation at home. They've been locked up. They've been separated from their family. The law is involved, and you see them every Wednesday night. You see them at every prayer meeting. You see them at every connect group. You see them every single Sunday morning, and they are in the house of God because that crisis moved them into a relationship with Christ. But when they get the family back, faith goes out the window. We need to be reminded that faith is what brought you to the place that you're at. Come on. It's by faith. By faith, Abraham. Now that might be the very thing that opens the eyes of your understanding, and so be it. I say, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever's on me that needs to come off of me, open the eyes of my understanding to that. But you know, it's, it, 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 once that thing, whatever it is that's on me, is gone, and if I just leave with it, then I don't have faith. Faith is not through a crisis. Can I also tell you this? My faith has to be anchored in something deeper. Your faith can't be on a Sunday morning experience. And I'm y'all thankful for the worship team. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you, there's that mare that I shoe that makes me want to say bad words and lose my temper. Can I just be honest with you? There, there, there's some horses out there that I know they're coming up that I just know. I'm saying, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. I wish I had the worship team in the background singing about the faithfulness of God <laughs> in the barn. But I know I can't take them there. I mean, I can have it on my phone and I can have, uh, 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 you know, Pandora and things like that where it, it, you know, changes the atmosphere for me. But let's say this. Maybe you get addicted to somebody who, who is in a Bible study that's a leader over you that speaks inside of your life. You can't take them everywhere. That's weird. Don't be a pervert. All right? You see what I'm saying? You can't take them everywhere. There comes a time where you have to walk by faith. You can't rely on them. You can't rely on your pastor. I will fail you. I make mistakes. I have flesh. You see what I'm saying? You can't rely on that Bible study or that book. My wife, as much as I love her, she will fail me. My mama, as much as I love her, she will fail me. My daddy, Pastor Robert, Pastor Michelle. But you know what doesn't fail me is the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. This is an absolute. This is a purpose. Faith begins with the promise. It begins with the word. It's not in a person. It's not in a song. It's not in a service. It's in the word. And the Bible says by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called. When God called. When God called. When God called. Not when he felt it. Not when he got the bad report. But when God spoke. And can I tell you this? It's when God speaks. Can I just be your pastor this morning? Don't spiritualize your flesh and call it faith. I'm going to go talk to this one over here because they, they listen to me. Don't spiritualize your will and call it faith of what you want. Like if you're believing for the car, let me just get down to the nuts and bolts here. Is there all right if I just be real with you this morning? Like if you're believing God for a car and you're barely making, uh, I, I believe God has a BMW in store for you by faith. But I tell you what is not faith of when, when, when a car, an open, 
an opportunity for a car comes up and you do not qualify for this particular car, but they say this, we can put it at seven years and 20% interest and bring that payment down to where it can go into your hands. That is not faith. That is not God. That's dumb. That's stupid. Can I be honest with you guys? No, listen, I do this because I love you. But just even my son, when he was buying this new car, there was a percentage I wanted him to put down. And and for sure, if you can't have that percentage and tax title and license, well, for one, because he had no credit, he was using daddies. We're going to do this the right way. And by faith, God didn't make me an idiot. I knew it would get quiet in here. Like, it may look good, son, but it ain't going to feel good. Because when you're in bondage to that car payment, you're going to say, God, what would you do to me? Because it wasn't faith, it was flesh. Don't, spirit, don't spiritualize your flesh and call it faith. It's just like this. Like, when you're going through someone, something, get you a model that's a good model and have them speak in your life, but that's not always what we want to do because we want, to, we want somebody to tell us what makes us feel good. And so what we do is, is we hang up with the person that told us, said, no, I think you're just looking into this way too much. And we hang up the phone and we call somebody that makes us feel good. But, but, but my whole point is this, what we'll do is spiritualize and call this faith on what we want. It's not on what you want. It's on God's heart, not your heart. I knew it would get quiet in here. Come on, we're talking about faith this morning. And can I just be real with you about, about uh, how this works and hearing from God? How do I know that it's God? Can I tell you it's not going to be direct? Not all the time. There's been times where God's given me direct, but can I tell you what he always gives me? He gives me principle through the word. Write it down, principle. Number one, hearing God's voice by faith. Number one, it's going to be principle. Number one is principle. What does he do through the word of God? He gives me guardrails. If I'm trying to hear from God, I'm not going to do this. All right, my Bible's here a lot. It says you are the salt of the earth. All right, let's go to another one. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who live in it. What in the heck does this mean? Right? And I'm not saying you can't hear from God that way, but I will say this. I've never opened my Bible, and it said, on August 19, 2005, you will marry Brandy Page Jones. I wished it would have. That would have saved me a lot of time and energy and heartache other places. I really wish that she would have added in her Bible that it would have been Travis Lee Bennett on August 19, 2005. I really wish that the Lord would have, I could have opened my Bible to the book of Ezekiel 24, and it says, in 2019, you will pastor Arena of Life Church. You'll live in Amarillo, Texas. I really wished that I opened the book and it did that, but can I tell you, it doesn't do that. But what it does is it has some guardrails for me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's principle. So if you're trying to hear from God on something and living by faith, if it doesn't line up to the principles of the word of God, then it's not God. Amen. Right. Amen. Then it's not God. 
It's just like this. You're saying, Pastor, be a little more absolute. Well, maybe you're dealing with a relationship. There is a guardrail <clears throat> in a toxic relationship. There's a guardrail that says in Romans 12, 17, never pay back evil with more, with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. There's another guardrail, Philippians chapter 2, that tells us this, that... Um, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others more than you even think of yourself. So what I'm doing in is, is whatever thing that I'm trying to hear God's voice in, by faith, through the word, I'm stacking up principle on top of principle. Yes. Amen. You guys awake this morning. I'm stacking up principle on top of principle. Here's the second thing. The first one's principle. Everybody say principle. principle. The second one is this. I have to pray about it. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7, in everything, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And so I'm going to seek the Lord. Lord, this is what your word says. So first, I've got to have a principle of the word. So when you call me and say, hey, I'm believing for this, what word are you standing on? What, what, what guardrail that you have in your life that it lines up to the word of God? Okay, the second thing, we're going to pray about it. You pray about it, not me, you. Don't call the pastor. I'm not saying that I won't pray with you because I will. The Bible says when two or more gather in name, he is in our midst. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I get all that. But you know what moves the heart of God is when you pray and when you seek the Lord, when you do it. Everybody say me. 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 God hears me. God hears you. God hears us. Call unto me. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So there's only some things that you can get through prayer. And can I tell you another, for instance, with prayer? After you pray, listen. <laughs> Shut up. I have the gift of loquacity. You know what loquacity is? That means you talk too much. <laughs> she said, yep, way too hard. <laughs> I, have the, I have the gift of gab. Uh, <laughs> All right, amen. I know I do. Okay. But even with the Lord, that's what I do. You know, and I get, you know, that's what I do sometimes. I get in the presence of God. I said, Lord, your word says this, your word says this, your word says this, your word says this. And I believe the Lord sometimes saying, Shut up. I know what my word says. You listen to me, son. You listen to me, son. I'm glad you know the word. Hear my voice and the voice of a stranger, you will and shall not follow. So the principle. Number two, I'm going to pray. Number three, I'm going to get around godly people. Amen. Like not the loudest people in the room, the godliest people in the room. Amen. Right? right. I, I, I'm going to get around some people that's not only walk the walk, but I'm going to get around some godly counsel that's talk the talk. Come on. Walks the walk, talks the talk, that's been proven over time. What do these people say? You've been in this situation before. What do you have to say about this? And like I said before, I'm not going to get parental advice. And notice this. I don't speak much about parenting because I haven't won the award of parenting yet. Maybe 30 years down the road when they're gone and all that, I might talk to you about that. But I'm not at that place. Your boy has not won yet. Right? And so, but there is some of y'all out there that I see has won that game. That I'm going to go to and say, you know what? This is the situation that I'm in. I'm going to get godly counsel from them. If you, you uh, a business or money, listen, there's just some people out there, they're good stewards. And there's even been people that I've gone to, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I, 
that I see that they've won in business, I'm going to rub, I'm going to rub up next to them. I'm going to see, hey, what is it that you've done? How do you see this or how do you see that? Because they have vision. Right? So the first one, I'm going to, I'm going to have the principle of the word. The number two, I'm going to pray. Number three, I'm going to get around godly people. Here's the fourth one. And notice that the last one deals with my feelings because if I'm led by my feelings, it'll be all jacked up. The fourth one is peace. Do I have peace about this? Do I? That's a feeling. Do I have peace about it? Feeling's the last thing. After I've been in the principle of the word, number two, after I've prayed, after I've sought godly people and counsel, the last thing is this. After I've done all those things, I'm going to ask myself, do I have peace about this situation? Moving right along, verse 8. I want to read to you again. It says, by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Notice this, later, it would become his inheritance. Later, everybody say later. So it wasn't right then. This is the next thing you need to write down. Faith is developed in a process. You can't have microwave faith. You can't have fast food faith. Hey, I'm talking to Americans that like things and they, we like it now. You can't microwave faith. It's impossible. We want promise and possession at the same time. Let me tell you something. You're not going to do it. Because the greater the work, the longer the dream. Right? It's about the dream, not the journey. I want you to think about this. Faith is developed in a process. All throughout Scripture, when I leave my house, I'm on, on top, up on Tecla, or, yeah, Tecla, and I look down Immel Street. When I come around the corner, I can see the water tower on Osage all the way on the other hill. But when I get down into Immel, I can't see the water tower. When I'm on 34th, I can't see the water tower. When I'm going down uh, 30, 34th Street, when, I, when I'm on Western, I can't see it. When I go down 34th Street, I can't see it anymore. I have to get up back up on higher ground. How many of y'all know when you get saved, you begin to serve the Lord, and you get a little bit of faith on the inside of you, like mustard seed faith? God puts a dream inside of your heart. But here's the deal. One thing that he does not show you, he does not show you the valley that it's going to take for you to get to that place of faith. No, I, think about Mary. They said they'll call him Emmanuel. He'll be the son of the living God. But what she did not see, she did not see that there would be nails inside of his hands. She did not see that there would be nails inside of his feet. They did not, she did not see that there would be a crown of thorns on his head and that he would beat by a cat of nine tails raked across his back, that it would be a gruesome death and she would watch all of it. But what she did know is this, that he would be the Savior of the whole entire world. Come on, I want you to think about Joseph. In the beginning, Genesis, the beginning when it, when it represents, jo talks about Joseph, first thing that it talks about is how he has this dream and he sees his dad and he sees his brothers and all 12 of them are bowing down before him. He has a little pride. He shares it with them because God put that dream out in front of him. He always knew no matter what place he was in his life, there was going to be a time when people would bow down to Joseph. But you know what God did not show him? God did not show him that he'd be thrown into a pit. God did not show him that he'd be in Potiphar's house and he'd be, he'd be sexually accused of something that he did not do. God did not show him that he'd be thrown inside of a prison where he would meet a, a baker and a butler. And when they got out, he said, hey, remember me in the dream that I prophesied would come 
uh, come to pass. History tells us 12 years later, after they were already in Pharaoh's house, they said, hey, uh, there's this guy that's inside of the prison. My whole point is this. Did his dream come to pass? Yes, but it was by faith it got fulfilled all the times he was in the pit in Potiphar's house inside of Pharaoh's house. Come on, I'm here to tell you, don't give up on your dream. It's in the journey. That's faith. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Abraham had an inheritance. By faith, Abraham had those things. Think of the life of David. He was anointed to be the next king. The very next passage, he has to go to the present king, who is crazier than bedbugs, and has to play the harp for him. And then he goes out to battle. He doesn't show, he doesn't show David all the things that he had to do. But he's saying, you know, when you fought the lion, when you fought the bear, there's going to be something even bigger than you. But you always remember, David, it may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than your God. It was by faith. And then at the end of David's life, it says in the book of Acts, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart. You know what? Why they can say that? Even though he was an adulterer, even though he had a family that could have been on the Maury Pulvit show, even though he was messed up as a dad, he had the kind of faith that moved the heart of God that said, I found, Je- found David, the son of a crazy guy, Jesse, a man after mine own heart. I'm just here to tell you this morning, you might be in the thick of it in the valley, but it's the faith that's in the valley that will help you get to the place of the dream. Because there's still some things on you. I want you to think about Joseph. What did he say when he was with the baker and the butler? He said this, when it comes to pass, you remember me. And when you remember me, me will go to Pharaoh's house and me will do this. See, he still wasn't ready because he was still caught up in pride. There was still some things that had to be broke off Joseph before he became the savior of the world. So I'm here to tell you, you might be going through some stuff today, but God is preparing you for the big picture that he has in store for you to move a mountain. You guys getting something out of the word this morning? It sure is quiet in here. How many of y'all thankful for faith? Faith, 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 faith. It goes on to say in verse 9, there is a process to your promise. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9 says this, by faith. Everybody say faith. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise as in a a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Write this third one down. So faith begins with a promise. Faith is developed in a process. Number three, faith acts like it already happened. Faith acts like it already happened. Even if you can't see it. Let me tell you something. If you can see it, it's not faith. If you can see it, it's not faith. And if you're going to sing about the faithfulness of God, you've got to have faith. And so it's in the, it says now faith. I hope you uh, picked up on that. Now faith, before I even started this, I don't care even what translation you have. It says now faith. We have to have faith today living in this world in order for it to work. Because when you get to heaven, you won't need faith anymore. So faith acts like it already happened. We're going to speak those things that aren't as though they were. So this, let me just give you an example. I'm going to act like it already happened. Can I give you this example? Willie George, I had the opportunity of sitting with him uh, at, at 
went hunting with him. He, he has church on the move, Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's had a great, big, big ministry. Gospel Bill when I was growing up. Great, great show. Man of faith. Sitting at the table with him, he told us how he moved. Faith came to an action, right? And, and the Lord told him, you're going to go out on the ministry. Go out. I'm going to take you from here. He, the Lord showed him an airplane. He showed him all these churches and all these different things. And so he told his wife to leave it. He said, hey, I, uh, I'm going to go be going out into the ministry. The Gospel Bill Show is going to leave from here. And so he just sat there on that word. He just sat on it, sat on it, sat on it, sat on it for months, no calls, no nothing. He was doing all his due diligence to try to get people to call him and come in. Nothing happened. The Lord said this, what are you doing by faith that it's already happening? Well, nothing. So you know what he did? He packed his bags. He bought suitcases, and he, ba- he built this show to put inside of these suitcases so he could get them on American Airlines, and he could go anywhere. He, after he, he packed his bags, and he packed up all this different stuff, he got a phone call from the first church. Then the second church came in. Then the third church came in. Then the fourth church came in. What was he doing? He was, he was, he was, enact- he was enabling that faith. He was, taking, he was stepping out of the boat just as Peter did. How many of y'all know if you don't take that first step and act like it's already happening, it's never going to happen? You got to speak those things that aren't as though they were. It's like the facts are this. The doctor says, hey, you have cancer. Hey, you're going to have this for the rest of your life. That is the facts. But by faith, I'm going to say this. He sent his word and he healed me and he delivered me from all destruction. I may have these circumstances and I may feel all of these things, but you know what? I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by faith. And God, your word says in Psalm 103 and verse 3 that you heal all my diseases. Lord, your word says the chastisement of your peace was upon me and that by your stripes I am healed. Lord, your word says in 1 Peter 2.24 that by your stripes I am healed. The banker called and said there's no way, but Lord, your word says if I give of the tithe that you will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on me I don't have room enough to receive. And you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This may be the facts, but faith is this, standing on the word of what he's already done for you. Come on. My kids, I may see with my eyes. I may see with my natural eyes. I may can't see, but through the eyes of faith, I may see my kids not serving God. But I believe this, that you will call them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. What the enemy has meant for evil, God, you will turn around for good. And I call them out of darkness into your marvelous light. I see them prophesying. I see them laying hands on the sick. I declare that they will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. That's faith. So you talk like faith. You walk in faith. If it's whining and if it's complaining, it is not faith. And you're not pleasing God by doing it. And can I tell you, just there's, there's moments too of weakness that I have that I go, bah! but you know what I do is I get right back up on the horse of faith. You're going to have them weak moments, but that's why you have the word. That's why you have prayer. That's why you have people. And that's why you get back to peace. But you've got to have a process to get back to that. I'm just telling you, if you're going to have faith, you've got to start acting on it now. There are some things that I believe there's people in here, just like you, you, uh, those of you that tithe, you give. Going back to that one, faith developed in a process. You can't give one time 
one time and believe he's just going to open up the windows of... No, you, Monday morning, you're going to have to live by faith. And Tuesday morning, you're going to have to live by faith. And Wednesday morning, you're going to have to live by faith. And Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And in January and in February and in March and in 2024 and 2025 and in 2026, you're going to have to live by faith. Everybody say faith. So faith acts like it already happened. Here's the last one. I'm going to ask the team to go ahead and come. Verse 10 says this, Hebrews 11, verse 10. Remember, our model of faith is Abraham. And it says, for he, Abraham, was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Here's the last point. Number one, faith begins with a promise. Number two, faith is developed in a process. Number three, faith acts like it already happened. And number four, faith is anchored in eternity. Faith is anchored in eternity. It says, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Can I tell you, this isn't the end of the story for you. And if you're living for, for the now, faith sounds crazy. But if you're living for heaven, faith sounds pretty good. I heard this story, and I shared this with the pastors and elders uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it was about this boy who fell down a flight of stairs. He broke every bone in his back and several bones in his body. This was before the age of two. Now he was 18 years old, and they said over the span of his life, said that he had, should have been, a, uh, you know, basically a vegetable and was never going to walk. I mean, it was a bad fall, messed up some things inside of his head. Here he was, 18 years old, and this pastor was interviewing him on the stage, and he said this. He said, it's been documented that you've spent 14 years of your life inside of a hospital bed. He said, can I ask you, has God been fair to you? He said, yeah, he has. The boy said this, 18 years old. He said, how can you tell me God's been fair to you when 14 years of your life you sin inside of a hospital bed? He said, that was only 14 years of my life. I get to spend all of eternity with Jesus. Faith is anchored in eternity. No matter what comes against me, no matter what I face, no matter what I lose, no matter how much the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, God came to give life and life more abundantly, meaning this, it never runs out of life. Even at the end of my life, he still has life for me. It goes on and on and on. So if the only thing that I need on this earth to please him is faith, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to have it. I'm going to have faith. I'm not going to be moved by what I see, by what I feel, by what everything else. Can I tell you again? People will fail you. This church will fail you. Do I believe in the church? Absolutely. Upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But if you put your eggs in this basket, this basket will mess you up. Can I just be honest with you? The people that you're sitting in the pew with, you might even be married to them. Listen, being a good spouse does not please God. But when you have faith, 
you will be a good spouse. Am I painting a good enough picture for you this morning? Maybe you've walked away from your faith. It doesn't matter what your circumstances look around you. I told this story in the first service, Mark 11, 23 and 24. First thing that he says, he says, have the faith of God. And then he says, he who says in this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, it will be done for him. Says this mountain, faith is moved by what we say. Right? Let the weak say, I'm strong. Even when I'm not strong, when I'm weak, I say it by faith, strength moves in. Let the poor say, I am rich. I may not be rich. I may be poor at the moment, but by faith, I say it, and it comes to pass. There's this little boy that was sitting inside of a hospital bed. He had cancer. He had a bad report. Pastor comes in. The Bible says, have the faith of God. He tells a young man, even if you have a faith as small as a mustard seed, it can move a mountain. So he looks outside of his window, and he said, you mean even that mountain right there? He said, well, if you have faith to believe it, sure. The pastor thinking to himself, well, this is kind of crazy. It's not the faith I'm talking about. He said, well, I'm going to believe it. What he didn't know is they were breaking construction the very next day. And they moved that mountain to build a building there. Like it was just a hill, you know. It wasn't like the Rockies. So the pastor comes back in to see him. He said, see, I had mustard seed faith, and it moved that mountain. He doesn't have cancer to this day. God completely healed his body. The pastor that was writing the article, he said, man, he built my faith. I didn't even believe he could move that mountain. I'm just here to tell you this morning, it may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than God. The diagnosis, the child that's not serving God, the loss of the job, the financial need, it may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than God. It's not bigger than you. This is a setup because next week I'm going to talk about some responsive type faith. But today is model faith. You can go into territory. What uh, the prayer of Jabez. Increase my territory. Listen, I believe there is people in this room that if there was just a little bit of faith, we would have stories of breakthrough that in 2024, even when the economy is worse than it's ever been, God made a way when there seems to be no way. God made a way when there seems to be no way. Have the faith of God. I have it in eternity. I have it in him. Let's stand to our feet this morning. You guys get something out of the word today? I hope you did. Have the faith of God. So God, I pray right now in Jesus' name. I speak, I prophesy, I declare. God, over every family. I pray for the leaders of the house. I pray over the dads right now, the husbands. The most of the times are the providers of their home. God, I just speak an anointing that's over them. An anointing would break forth over them in the, in the men of AOL that would have bold kind of faith. Bold kind of faith. Dream big. See what only you see, God. That they would not be moved by their flesh or by their heart or by what they want, but God, what you want for them. And so, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray, God, I even pray for spouses that are coming along and tagging along with them, but even those, Lord, that are single inside of this room. 
God, I pray that the single person, God, would have that bold kind of faith to step out of the boat and walk on water, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, the kind of faith that speaks to cancer and sees it dissipate and die, the kind of faith that believes God. Lord, I pray for the kind of faith that's in the room that makes it's a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. That even though, God, we see and watch on the news, even though we see devastation and hurt and division, God, by faith, I declare that we would be the solution of unity, that we would be the solution of walking by faith and not by sight, that we'd be the solution to be the answer to a dying world of sin that the payment has already been paid. God, use us at your discretion, God. I pray faith is rising in the room in Jesus' name. Still with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're in the room today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm away from God. I've lost my faith. I'm not serving him. I'm not close to him. Today, I need to get things right with him. The problem is sin, the solution is Jesus, and the response is what you make. The Bible says if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Don't leave here with sin still on you. Get it off of you. So if that's you, you say, Pastor, I'm away from God. I need to get my heart right with Jesus. Say, you know what, that's me. Just lift your hand. Is there anybody? Just lift your hand right now. You don't know the Lord. Lift your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. That's me. I need to get my heart right with Jesus. Amen. I believe everybody's saved. Y'all look at me. Everybody's saved. If you're going to be saved, you got to walk in faith. You got to walk in faith. You got to walk in faith. Let's have the faith of God. Amen. Don't tell me I can't do it. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. If God is for me, then who in the world can be against me? Faith. Faith. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Music